on first down here against a really good Tampa defense. He's throwing it long. Gunning it long. Tyreek Hill holds it in at the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City, Tyreek Hill, an explosive first quarter, 75-yard touchdown reception. Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things, long, bomb, many of them there, absolutely insane performance. Mitch Holthus, thank you for the call there to narrate just the absurdity, the video game outcome. Adam Kramer, Marcus Moser here at the Game Day Podcast. Uh, You can listen to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, comment, let us know what you're thinking. Really fun show. Always a really fun show. We're going to be joined by Jordan Schultz uh, in a little bit to talk about those Kansas City Chiefs, to do a little like Tiger Woods-esque Chiefs versus the field. And Marcus, you were saying it last week uh, before we dive into it, that get Patrick Mahomes for MVP while you can, right? That that was, you were saying it, Mm -hmm. the value was still there. I'd say you were right, my friend. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, last week we were at what minus 125 for Patrick Mahomes, and you knew with this big game <laughs> against Tampa Bay coming up, if he performed well, that number was going to shoot way up. Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does, and now he's by far the favorite, uh, and it's not all that surprising either. No, we'll go into those numbers, and we're going to get into our numbers, our performance. Before we do, a reminder, if you like any of what we say here, and you like to shop around, go to thegameday.com. Look what prices you can grab on games. There's games happening like every day now. We're about to record this. There's football happening at all hours. It feels like a bowl season, Marcus, right? Like you just, yeah, it's like a, it's a bowl season. So we've got to be prepared. Now, we were prepared last week. We're doing well here. There was some... Pre-show uh, controversy over the picks. That's what happens when you get a last-minute Hail Mary, and, and you've got all sorts of point spread uh, controversy, if you will. But 3-1 and one for myself, 3-1 and one for you, 14-6 and six on the year uh, for me, 16-14 for, for you. So we are, we're doing well. We're hot. What were your major takeaways from last week? Uh, apparently, it's important to have a quarterback in the NFL, right? We <laughs> saw in uh, Denver just how bad it can get if you don't have a quarterback in I don't know about you, Adam, but when I was watching that game, I'm thinking of all my buddies and guys at the bar or at a restaurant. They're all saying that they could go in an NFL game and complete this pass. I could throw it to this guy. He's wide open. Apparently, it's pretty hard to play in the NFL, and I think this was a good reminder of just how incredibly difficult the NFL is, right? A guy that even played big college football at Wake Forest comes in and could only complete one pass on Sunday. I I just thought that was interesting. I felt really bad. I <laughs> like I, so. I, I, like football is so hard. That is such, and I think for once, because the internet hates everyone and everything. I think people collectively were like, "Hey, man, that stinks." Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I'm sorry that you're in that position and you're one of nine and you're, you're, you know. Could you imagine being thrown into that? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, I saw a report before the game that there was like multiple people in the organization and on the actual roster that never met this kid before and have never talked to him and they didn't even know who he was and he was starting on Sunday at quarterback so just an impossible situation to be in for him. Uh, One of the things I noticed Marcus was this was a very bad uh, first off it was a bad week for Philip Rivers but I got off the train (laughs) temporarily at the right time we have to we have to interject we've got more Philip Rivers to come of course course. but this was a very bad week for the public when you look at all the games right when it's whether it's the Raiders versus uh, Atlanta, whether it's Cleveland, Jacksonville, 
uh, whether it's New England, Arizona. This was, a, I talked about it in Stock Up, Stock Down this week. This was a very public week. And with the exception of the Jets, who just are awful, and of course, anybody who bet Miami, congratulations. But with the exception of that, um, even with the Eagles and the controversy of that Hail Mary, of course, we have to interject some conversation mm -hmm. to that. It was a very, very rough week, I would imagine, for the average gambler who saw some what looked like pretty obvious games, right? And they just did not convert. Yeah, I think the, the Giants and Bengals game, I think it was like somewhere between 88 and 90% of the public uh, bet the, the Giants to cover that spread. And that ended up being a two-point game. So uh, but, uh, odds makers and you know bookmakers, they made, out like, they made out like bandits this week. Uh, and we have these weeks from time to time. When yes. you're betting on a lot of bad quarterbacks to cover spreads uh, like you are in that Giants game, <laughs> uh, and like sometimes you are with the Raiders as well, these kind of things tend to happen. Yeah, yeah. There'd be plenty of other weeks. But books have taken plenty of baths this year too but not, not this week okay we mentioned the mvp uh with patrick mahomes a quick check on the odds uh now minus 425 to win the mvp uh minus 125 last week when marcus Mosher told you do it grab it i hope you grabbed it so at minus 425 you've got aaron Rodgers at plus 575 i think i know where you stand but what is getting in the way of Mahomes winning this thing other than injury? We don't want to see that, right? But realistically, what is standing in the way for this? Because it really does feel like a – what wasn't a runaway like three, four weeks ago now feels like it is. Yeah. I, I think it would have to be some some bad failures here and some big games that they come, hey, have coming up. Now they play New Orleans. We'll see how they play in that one. But it really would be somebody else just going nuclear over the last five weeks of the season. And if there is one guy in the NFL that could do that, it is Aaron Rodgers. So right now at – you know, plus 575. The odds aren't terrible. And if you want to hedge your bet a little bit on Mahomes, not the worst way to do it. But it just seems inevitable that Mahomes is going to win this award. And just like Mahomes is inevitable on Sunday, right? Like two weeks ago against the Raiders, he got the ball late in the game down three. You just knew what was going to happen, right? I feel like against Tampa Bay, that game even got a little close at the end. Yeah. I don't think the I don't think the Chiefs were sweating that at all. So just Mahomes is inevitable. It's just what he is. How many over the next 10 years, I feel like this is just going to be like the conversation we have, right? Like it's, he's going to be in the mix. Something's going to happen. Somebody may go nuts, but unless they do, he's just going to be right there. Can unless I ask you get... a question? Sure. If I, if I set for the next decade, if I set, let's say four and a half MVPs for Patrick Mahomes, what would you say? I'd say under only because, and I was going to position this back to you. I think we're going to get like Mahomes fatigue. It's like yeah. LeBron fatigue, right? Absolutely. Like the greatness is going to become the same thing. I mean, that, that, like, I feel like that's just going to be the case. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, we're going to look at the numbers every single year, and it's going to be Mahomes yeah. by a mile. Yeah. But there'll be other – I think there'll be other years where there's better storylines and there's a narrative going around, whether it's with Russell Wilson or a Joe Burrow eventually or Justin Herbert. There'll be, there'll be other stories. But in terms of the best quarterback in the league and the best player, we all know who it is. Coach of the year, stand in the, the uh, positive, and then we got one negative uh, uh, award to decide, mm -hmm. but a positive award. Coach of the year, Mike Tomlin, now even Flores plus 500. You got Vrabel in there, plus 900. I mean, for me, Tomlin just feels like the guy. It's such a weird year that it feels like this is an award that could switch based off of any of the other variables that we're counting for, but anything jump out to you here? No, I think or I think uh, Mike Tomlin is the the correct choice here, right? He's never he's never won this award before. His Steelers are going to finish number one or number two in the AFC. Probably going to finish with at least fourteen wins, if yeah. not more. 
I think this will be a little bit of a, a lifetime achievement award for Mike Tomlin. The voters love him. Uh, I, I think he's basically a lock right now. And at even odds, he's a pretty good value as well. I think this is like your Mahomes advice from a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Get on there. Um, this one, not so fun. Although I'm a Jets fan, so this is more intriguing than MVPs. And coach <laughs> of the years, because we don't are, we're not usually factoring in a lot of those. So coaches on the hot seat. Who's going to lose their job first? Okay, this is fascinating. So Adam Gase, minus 250. Marone, plus 200. Matt Nagy, I could tell you in Chicago, people are, are – are, hmm. that is ramping up a bit. Yeah. Plus 500. Um, you've got Lynn at plus 1,200. Oh, my goodness gracious, by the way, the end of that San Diego-Buffalo game. I know they weren't going to win, but how bad was that? So bad. And then McCarthy at plus 1,600, which is, uh, which is interesting. Do you, I, realistically, looking at this, it's a matter of who's going to pull the trigger first with the first two, right? And, mm. and, or really, I guess it would be the first three if they were going to pull it on Nagy, but that's not really the Bears style. So where do you go with this? Because I, I, at this point, aren't they just going to stick with Adam Gase, uh, with the Jets, till the end of the year unless it becomes – so toxic that it becomes a, a matter of are you losing Trevor Lawrence, which we'll talk about here momentarily. Yeah, I think Adam Gase is in on, on the tank, right? I mean, it's pretty clear that they've had <laughs> chances to win games and he's thrown them away. So maybe the only way he gets fired is if they actually win games over the next couple of weeks and they've got to get rid of them to, to prevent, you know, falling in the draft order. But to be honest, I don't really love any of the value here. Like I think Doug yeah. Marone's probably going to get fired at the end of the year. It seems like they're going to give him the rest of the season. Matt Nagy's probably the same way. I would be even I, I would be even shocked if he does get fired. I think they're going to give him one more year. I'll give you a guy that's not on that list that wouldn't surprise Ooh. me. What about Zach Taylor in Cincinnati? We really don't have any evidence that he's a good coach. I mean, he really got that job because he knew Sean or he knew uh, Sean McVay uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe they fire him now and start to get on, you know, some of these college guys that are, you know, a little hot. Maybe they'll try to get on some of the offensive coordinators. I just don't think he's all that good. Maybe Cincinnati fires him sooner rather than later. I think that's an interesting one. I also just want to talk about how atrocious, by the way, that San Diego sequence was and the fact that Tyrod Taylor was going to start this year, if not for uh, basically doctor malpractice. Um <laughs> I mean, that's the one that jumps out because there's some obvious ones. The Jags just fired their GM. Rowan's mm-hmm. probably going to get the year. I'm kind of with you. Nothing nothing jumps out terribly to me other than I still can't get over um, Justin Herbert trying to sneak it in while his offensive line is pass protecting. Uh, uh, I've watched a lot of Adam Gase, man. I'm, I've got PTSD from that. That's still probably the worst football play I've seen all year. Um, really, really bad. So uh, just the Chargers. It's just the, it's just the Chargers. It's exactly what you what you think of when you think of the Chargers. Speaking of bad, we'll do some good, some bad with our next guest, Jordan Schultz. He's an e- insider for ESPN. We will ask him Kansas City versus the field, which I think is fascinating, and also on the not so good Jets. Trevor Lawrence trade. Marcus, you and I were talking about this on Twitter on the Sunday night, like sad uh, fans that we are of franchises that are struggling. We will talk to him here coming up. Please now to be joined by Jordan Schultz of ESPN. He's the co-host of the pull-up pod. He contributes to daily wager. Jordan, you do a lot, man. It looks like just off of it. You're all over the place there. Uh, thanks for joining us. How's everything oh, going? It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Always down to talk shop, especially uh, this time of year when playoffs are around the corner, man. And obviously, we, we got a little extra time these these days, so happy to do it. 
Well, good. Well, we will talk playoffs and then like the opposite of playoffs here as we get into sort of our discussion and it's two pronged. And we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jordan, uh, Marcus and I have talked about them at length. Obviously, I mean, if you're talking NFL, I guess you're going to talk about the Chiefs at length. But specifically in, in sort of the old Tiger Woods, Tiger versus the field, we're talking Kansas City versus the field. So the Chiefs right now plus 250. You've got the Saints at plus 600, the Steelers at plus 600, the Seahawks plus 850, the Packers plus 1,000. This is to win the Super Bowl. So if you're in the position now, and you're in the position because we're asking you, if you're taking Kansas City versus the field, what do you have? I got the field. I got the field. Uh, so th- this is a two-part question for me because on one hand, the Chiefs are 10-1, and and it's going to take a lot to beat them uh, in terms of, like, bad offense, a bad defensive game, uh, maybe an injury or two. Like, you're going to need to get lucky to beat them. But at the same time, uh, I look at the NFC, right, and you talked about Green Bay and Seattle having relatively short odds. Um, I like both of those teams a lot. And I, I just think as we get – you know, closer to the playoffs um, and we get into the postseason, the teams that are able to consistently throw the ball, Green Bay and Seattle, those are the teams that are going to give Kansas City the biggest issues. You know, we, we could talk about Tennessee and AFC or Baltimore, but I don't really necessarily trust like a Lamar or a Tannehill in, in, the, play, in the playoffs. And I don't know if I even trust uh, Pittsburgh to beat them, despite the fact that they're undefeated. So I would look at Seattle and Green Bay and say, like the NFC as a whole with those two teams – um, I'll take the field and take the odds as well. What about you, Marcus? Yeah, I'm taking the field for a different reason. You know, this is the first year of the new playoff structure. And exactly. as of right now, Kansas City would not get a bye week, right? And we've seen how valuable that bye week has been uh, for teams over the last decade. So if they're having to play an extra game in the playoffs and Pittsburgh gets to sit and watch, it's just another game that could potentially trip them up. And I do think the AFC is – fairly deep this year. I do think Kansas City has some problems on defense. They have some injuries. I, I love Patrick Mahomes and I love Andy Reid, but there's just too many teams, good teams that could be standing in their way. Yeah, I would add – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to piggyback off of Marcus's point. Like the AFC is, is very deep. And, you know, we, we talk about the, the playoffs having seven teams, 14 teams total and not having a bye and – there's a lot there. And then going back to, to Rodgers and Wilson, like, you know, I, if you think about the, the Super Bowl, right, with Jimmy and the Niners, if, if Garoppolo would have just been average in that game, above average, San Francisco wins that game and wins the Super Bowl. Now, the Niners' defense was very good, and they sustained a, a pretty good game plan against Mahomes. But the point I'm making is with Rodgers and Wilson, these veteran quarterbacks, and I mentioned Big Ben, uh, even though I'm not as I don't have as much faith in, in Pittsburgh to beat them, but these veteran quarterbacks that are very good to great to elite, those are the guys I would lean on, and that's why I like to feel. Well, and I I can't you know they're ten and one, but I can't say it's like a dominant ten and one, right? Like this is a team that's uh, that's kind of hung around has has hung around with lesser competition. You go back to like the Panthers game, and like for the field for me, it's like the the bleep happens mantra, right? Like so, like this is hard to do. It's really hard to do. It's hard to make it through unscathed. Yes, you've got Mahomes. I think it would be a very public answer would be, of course, Chiefs, Mahomes. I get it. Andy Reid. But I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's, it's really difficult to do. Time will tell. But I think there's another, uh, another batch of really capable teams that can upend them yeah. and uh, be yeah. very interesting to see. Yeah, I like – we didn't – you know, notice we haven't talked about the Bucks at all. It seems yeah. like that team is – like the worst good team or at least the least happy 
good team I've ever seen. If you didn't know, you just read the headlines, you think Bruce Arians is the worst coach ever, and he's maybe he's not great, and that they're you know three games below 500. And it's surprising to me that we don't talk about them, and even the Saints for that matter. I don't, I, and I, I, I like the NFC is the point I'm making, but I guess the question is, do we like Tampa at all? I would Maybe. I would say, like, if this was Jameis, if you just flip the names and it's Jameis at quarterback and not Tom Brady, we would be having the discussion, is Tampa Bay a sleeper team in the NFC this year that could go, you know, in, late into the playoffs? But I think because it's Tom Brady and it's Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, I think the expectations were so high. And now yeah. that they're just I – mean, they're a good team, but they're not a great team. I think that's why we're so low on them. I, but but that's a case. They brought them to the brink, even though the game got kind of uh, lopsided early. Uh, they covered <laughs> against they them. Again, it kind of it kind of highlights the point that I don't think the Chiefs are Teflon. Um, I think they're good. They're really good. And Mahomes, if you have Mahomes, there's just a certain level of like when you take the field, there is a party you says like, oh man, I, I don't have Mahomes, and that doesn't feel great. But you do have a wealth of other guys that you feel pretty good about. Um, so I, I think that's very interesting. And uh, on the exact opposite question, Jordan, as we transition in terms of uh, great current quarterbacks and great current teams, are my New York Jets. Uh, sad. Oh, you're a Jet fan. Oh, I wow. am. Uh, I'm. I know. That's Condolences. Tough. I appreciate it. Yes, it's tough right now. So, Marcus and I uh, got in this discussion on Twitter very briefly on Sunday about what do you do. Um, and, and I, I, you know, it's hard to know what Trevor Lawrence is going to want to do. Um, and if he's going to want to go to the Jets, so at, at like, a, let's, before we get into the question of should the Jets trade this pick for deck, let me just ask you plainly, like, what do you think if you're Trevor Lawrence and you see the Jets compared to some of the other teams, what is your mindset going into these last, you know, four or five games? And what do you look for? I'm calling up Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And I'm saying, Hey fellas, you can, you can go one. I'm happy to give it up. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I the Jets can't take Trevor Lawrence for the sake of us as football fans. It's a w- as selfish football fans, I cannot, I, I will not allow oh. the New York Jets, Woody Johnson, and Joe Douglas to say, you know what, Trevor, come on down to uh, the Meadowlands and be our next Sam Darnold. Oh no, this is so sad. I thought I was expecting different for some reason, but I did not. Trevor deserves better. Oh, we, He's the golden arm. He does, but I deserve better. Okay. I, <laughs> this should be about me. Um, Marcus, I mean, what do you think? And, but here's the thing too. And, and I'll position this to you, Marcus, like are the Jags, that organization that we've seen make a run at this. Do you feel good about that? Or do you feel good about any of the other things when you saw, I mean, the, the reality is the Jets are a dumpster fire, but they do have a left tackle that's going to protect you for at least a long time, it looks like. It looks like they've got a difference maker at the tackle. By the way, these are my only bullet points. They're very small. <laughs> so, uh, but you've got, you've got, and you've got some draft equity, right? That, mm-hmm. And it looks like you've got a pretty good wide receiver. That's about it. So, Marcus, uh, do you have a very similar mindset here in terms of protecting Trevor Lawrence from the Jets? Listen, I think Trevor Lawrence is a a generational quarterback. So I do think wherever he goes, even in the worst of the worst organizations, he'll have some success. I what what's the play here for Trevor Lawrence though? I mean, he he's got to come out, right? There's no way that he can bypass another year of making money by going back into college football because you know what? If he goes back, you know it's very likely to happen, Adam. The Jets are going to probably get the number one pick next year, right? <laughs> and he is coming out. It, it, they basically had his senior. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's basically said this place has meant a lot to me. And 
I guess that's my point. The Jets are a, a, a horror show this year. And Adam Gase, I mean, it's it's just really awful. Um, but isn't it normally pretty awful? Maybe not to this level. But Jordan, isn't it normally this is kind of what it is and why you end oh, up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about this franchise, you know, the only franchise to me worse in pro sports, at least in our core four North American sports, is just down the road at the Garden. The Jets and Knicks mirror one another in terms of also, bad drafts, bad management, bad front office, poor personnel, no player development. You could just go on. So I would, I just don't trust that organization on any level. And, you know, when you think about what they've done at quarterback, why don't we just look at Darnold? You know, I, I was never a huge fan of his. Say what you want about him, though. Uh, they, they never gave him an opportunity to succeed. You mentioned Beckton and Mims, but that's three years too late. You know, they, they just never gave him a real chance to succeed. And, you know, I, I hope for his sake he goes somewhere else and, and, and has some success because I think he's still a very young quarterback. But the bottom line is they, they just don't have the framework in place that's necessary to have a good young quarterback develop and really become successful long term. I would also add that for Trevor Lawrence, don't get too focused on the short term because we've seen teams turn it around, right? Cleveland. Two years ago, what were they, 1-31 and in their last 32 games? That's true. Back-to-back first-round picks, and now they're going to make the playoffs. And that was 2018 that Baker Mayfield got drafted. So things can change really fast in the NFL. As bad as it looks now, it could completely look different two, three years from now. All right, well, let's go down the hypothetical, though, because, you know, Marcus, I think you brought it up. Like, what, what does he do? And, and look, we've seen guys that can kind of force their way out of situations, maybe not into specific situations, but out of situations. So we get down the, the road. The Jets are still awful. Trevor doesn't want to play in New York, although I think that would be awesome for him and me personally. So he wants a trade, right? So let's let's go weird down the rabbit hole. And, and Jordan, the, the one that comes up is, is Dak Prescott, right? So coming off an injury, if you're Dallas, you know, you switch picks, you give Dak, whatever, right? Is that something for either side? It's wildly intriguing because like it's just fascinating to think about these high profile high level picks this kind of an exchange is it something for either side that you think is a uh, viable like really viable or would be intriguing I, I think it's very viable for Dallas in the sense that you know they they waited and waited with Dak they never paid him he was obviously very productive now we, we could argue whether or not Dak is really good is he good I mean he's he, we know he's a good quarterback though and if you're Dallas, if, if you could somehow maneuver, and I don't care if you have to mortgage three first-rounders to get Trevor Lawrence, um, that would be the ultimate move because you think about the weapons they have. You know, uh, it's unbelievable. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb and, and Gallup and the fact that, you know, Dalton Schultz has arrived and the offensive line and Elliott who hopefully could bounce back. So that Dallas, if there's any team for Trevor Lawrence to go to, and have an opportunity to put up numbers, that would be the team. And if you're New York, uh, I, I can't imagine how you wouldn't want to take Trevor Lawrence. I, I really can't. So I would say Dallas would love that. I'll give you the Jets side of things and why I think it's it, – listen, it's not going to happen, but this is why it's fun to talk about, right? <laughs> I think we know that Dak, at the very worst, is a top 10, 12 quarterback, and I would make the case that he's much higher than that, especially what we've seen now over the last two years. You know he's a culture changer. I mean, he's a fantastic leader. We saw how the NFL absolutely loves him when we went when he went down with that injury. 
mm-hmm. just one of the most well-respected guys in the entire league. So if you can bring in a guy, he's already productive. He's still young. He's athletic. He can play in different schemes. And to know that you have a top 10 quarterback that you don't have to develop, I think that's at least intriguing. And now that makes you viable in the, uh, in the AFC East. I think that at least gives you – I think it gives you the best quarterback in the division, and I think that's at least something the Jets should consider if Trevor Lawrence says, hey, I'm out. I don't want to play here. Josh I, Allen. I, I, I mean what I said. It's Dak Prescott. I am the biggest Josh, Josh Allen fan on earth. So I think he's spectacular, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I didn't even mention Amari Cooper, by the way. If if they were able to get, if they were able to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. Adam, you haven't you haven't discussed this. What do you think? I am sad. I'm just sad that this is the point. Um, Trevor Lawrence would much. I would love to see for Trevor's sake. Getting him in Dallas would be amazing. Um, and that would be fun. I think that would be collectively great. The thing is that rookie quarterback first contract is the golden ticket to pro, like franchise success yeah you look at russell wilson in seattle that 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 is that is what you do especially when you've got draft picks is you can build around and then spend and this is by the way assuming that trevor lawrence is going to be good i think that's the part that's most interesting when you have a guy like this and and not like this but you've got a quarterback like a sam darnold and the jets have let him down so it's really hard to know how good sam darnold is you're you're hoping that he's going to do well i haven't watched as as much of him trevor lawrence's like I have, including high school, there's like an assumption that he's going to be good. It's just a question of how good, right? Like, is he a, is he this kind of quarterback that we believe he'll be, or is he just going to be a top 10 to 15 quarterback? That's the part that's hard. But I do think from a rookie quarterback uh, contract standpoint, that's so valuable. And that's the hard part with a guy like Dak, who's amazing, but coming off a pretty major injury and is going to now commandeer what 30 million of your cap, like right out of the gate. If you do something like that, um, it, Marcus, your point of an established uh, presence is, I don't know if I've ever had that as a Jets fan, like Chad Pennington for a, a blip on the radar, as sad as this is to go back. So there is something comforting about that. And yet because of the money, I, I just think that's where it becomes really good. And also it's more of your banking on, you know, the history of the draft. Look at the top three picks in the last decade of drafts. And how many of those quarterbacks would you take over Dak Prescott? The answer is one or two at the very most. So if you're already getting a proven thing, I know the cap is part of it and you'd have to factor that in, but the Jets are fine with the salary cap. If they can grab Dak, add some more picks to it, and all of a sudden we're a respectable franchise that can start to bring in some some draft picks and we can start to develop our receivers and our offensive line. I think that's the fastest way to become a relevant franchise in the NFL. And listen – well, Adam, it's been a while since they've been that, and I think you know that as well. I do. <laughs> What's going to happen here, by the way, is the Jets are going to win a game. They're going to lose a tiebreaker, and then that's good, like true Jets fashion. They're going to miss out. Exactly, yeah. That would be yeah. very fitting. I mean, yes. the, 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 one good step was getting rid of McCagnon. Yes. Uh, I, I, I thought I liked Joe Douglas. I, I don't like what he's done, although he did command a high price for Jamal Adams. So, you know, maybe those picks turn into something special, but – uh, fellas, I, I'm not uh, – if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm thinking, you know, despite the fact that it's New York, I mean, what a what a tough situation to walk into. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the final thing I'd say is you just don't know what the next situation will be like, right? I mean, and, and you could probably force your way out of this, depending. And we heard a little bit of this with Joe Burrow, 
right at the start of the draft process. Remember that, even though he was right. an Ohio guy, there was like the the question of will he play for the Bengals and and or won't he? And then that sort of calmed down. Um, sadly, I think this is going to persist if the Jets lose out or assuming, you know, whatever happens, this is going to carry into the year. And I understand it. If you're Trevor Lawrence, at least you have to be thinking about what's best yeah. for you, but he's coming. I don't think it's a matter of, 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 of when it's a matter of who at this point. So I, I didn't, uh, we talked about AFC East quarterbacks. I, I'm actually just super curious, a little tangent here. Are we, Marcus, are you more bullish on Josh Allen or Tua? Uh, I think Josh Allen at this point. I love Tua coming out of Alabama, but at this, you know, there's just we're getting to the point where the injuries are really starting to mount up. He's really never finished a season completely healthy. Josh I Allen know. seems like he has gotten better as a passer every single year in the NFL. Seems crazy, but Josh Allen, pretty good. Might be the top, what, five, six quarterback in the AFC right now. Yeah, I, I, would, agree. I would agree. I mean, the, I wish I had a Josh Allen. <laughs> if Trevor Lawrence turned yeah, out you to guys be – Trevor Lawrence is Josh Allen. That would be fantastic. It's true. It's it a would. Great point. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we've beat me up here for a good amount of time, and we could have talked about the Chiefs longer. I realize. Um, Jordan, we really appreciate uh, you hanging out with us. Appreciate Jordan joining us to talk a little KC and talk a little Jets as well. Always fun to squeeze in the worst football team here into the NFL podcast. And now, time for some picks. And Marcus, we are hot. I am extremely intrigued by our slate of games. I think there's just some fasting lines. There's some short lines. I know we've debated some big ones here. So let's just dive right in. Bills minus two and a half at the 49ers over under 48. It's a Monday night game. Bills eight and three, six and five against the spread. 49ers five and six, five and six against the spread. But they are... That's an interesting team, and I'm, mm. I'm just very curious here. This is kind of a clash of, of, of styles, and, and you've got Josh Allen going up against great defense. So what jumps out to you? Why do I not trust the Buffalo Bills? Like I, I wish they're, they're, They've played really well this year. They have a couple tough losses, including one against Kansas City. But there's just something about the Bills I don't like. I don't know if it's their defense, which has been awful this season. Maybe it's Josh Allen. I don't know. But I kind of like the 49ers here. I'm taking the 49ers and the points. Um, I'm actually looking at 49ers odds to squeak into the playoffs. I know it's Ooh. been a really rough season. Uh, they're about plus 200 to make the playoffs right now. If they can get to 10 and 6, 9 and 7, give themselves a chance. They're going to have a game against the Cardinals later on this season. I kind of like the 49ers in this game. I think they're going to go on a little bit of a roll here. I actually love them in this game. I, I really like the 49ers. I actually like the under. I was looking just at some stats. You know, 49ers have allowed the fifth fewest passing yards so far this year. They're a top 10 rush defense. Last week, they allowed a 61-yard run to Cam Akers, and outside of that, 27 rushes for 65 yards uh, for the Rams. It's actually amazing. When you talk about coach of the year, like mm -hmm. with all the injuries and everything else they've had, um, this is pretty phenomenal. Uh, as, as again, as a Jets fan, I have like coach envy. When I look at a game like this, that a team with these kind of losses still has this kind of a potential. So yeah, I like the 49ers. I'll take them with the points. I think the money line is really live and I like the under here. It's, I, and, and I think it also, you hit on something really interesting and it's a trust game. Like Josh Allen has showed it, but this is a game, oddly, against a 5-6 and six team that I think is hugely important for him. Absolutely, and I think the 49ers' defense is going to give him a lot of problems. We saw Richard Sherman come back last week, immediately made a play. Uh, their defensive line is really starting to heat up. 
Uh, can Adam, can we convince you to put the money line parlay or put, yes. put this money line in our parlay? I'm in. That? I'm in. Yeah, right, this, is, this is, this is, it's rare that you and I, I mean, we'll kind of bounce around totals and stuff, but I think we are in perfect lockstep here. Our money line parlay, I, I think it got a little Thanksgiving goofy, uh, maybe yeah. a, a little turkey drunk last week. Um, I want to, I want a winner. We, we, I want a winner that we can celebrate together. It's kind of sad, too, a three-in-one week each. Uh, you figured yeah. we'd be close, but that's the nature of the beast. Um, another fascinating game. Saints minus three at the Falcons over under a very Taysom Hill-like 46. New Orleans nine and two, six and five against the spread. Atlanta four and seven, five and six against the spread. The Falcons have won four of six. Um, what's really interesting to me, by the way, Julio Jones sounds like he could – be back in this game, which is pretty important because the man is a cyborg that gets footballs. What's really interesting, Marcus, though, it's like it feels like that game against th- this matchup was like somehow longer ago. But it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Taysom Hill threw for 233 yards, threw some horrific passes, threw some not-so-bad passes. So uh, before I ask who you like, like, what does that factor in? Because when you saw that game, which was kind of a beatdown, even though Taysom Hill was kind of just doing his thing, to see the line like this – is fascinating because again it was only two weeks ago i think it's because atlanta is playing better right they just demolished the raiders last week oh god uh their defense has really started to play better i think raheem morris has been uh, a little bit of an upgrade at coach for for the atlanta falcons so i think that's why this line is a little funky here i still like uh the saints i think they've got the best roster in the nfl now that doesn't mean i think they've got the best team because i think uh, I think whenever you have Patrick Mahomes, you're the best team in the NFL. But it's just the best roster, one from 53. Uh, they, they're solid on defense, really playing well on that side of the ball. I think I think New Orleans should find a pretty easy way to win this one. I, I am really interested in how Taysom Hill plays. I'm also not interested in the way he's absolutely destroyed Alvin Kamara on my fantasy teams. Um, that not that part has not been good. Mm-hmm. But I, I it's probably unfair to criticize him after last, last week's gameplay. Like he did exactly what they wanted him to do, which right. was basically sit, a, sit on a football as the opposing team plays a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. So right. it, you know what I mean? It's probably unfair. And yet I think it's completely fair to be skeptical. I'd like Atlanta here. I think Atlanta's playing well. I just don't think that he'll, I think over the course of weeks too, Marcus, by the way, this is sort of the classic game film cliche, but I do think realistically that you're going to, you've seen this guy in small doses. You're going to figure out behaviors and trends from him that you've not been able to figure out before the more they put on on film. Didn't put on film, a ton of film on last week. At some point, Jameis is going to be in there, assuming Drew Brees is out for beyond this week, which it sounds like he's going to be. I agree. 11 ribs. So really, really interesting game though. Um, speaking of interesting, your daily dose of Philip Rivers, uh, round two. Colts minus three at the Texans, over under 52 and a half. Indy seven and four, uh, six and five against the spread. Uh, Houston four and seven and four and seven against the spread. Um, I had the Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, the Lions were in the giving mood. We gave away a couple of uh, early turnovers to Deshaun Watson after scoring, and then Deshaun Watson did his thing. And then Marcus on the other side, I, I think it was me, and I can't remember it was collected we, but I know it was me, really been talking up this indie defense, and yeah. Derrick Henry just beat that thing down. That was not a brick wall. That was just Derrick Henry running through it. So what jumps out here? 
So every week I do my five or four teams that are guaranteed to lose. And I picked oh the Indianapolis Colts to lose in this game. We recorded that early in the week. Felt really good about it with the way Houston looked on Thanksgiving. Um, and as soon as that video dropped, uh, Will Fuller and Bradley Roby, two of their best players, uh, you know, they're out for the season with PED suspension. So that's never fun. But listen, <laughs> it's still Deshaun Watson. Uh, my my brain tells me the Colts are probably going to win this game easily. Uh, but I, I love Deshaun Watson. So I'm picking them here. I, I, I don't care about Will Fuller being out. It sucks. But hey, what are you going to do? I'm taking them plus three in this game. I like the over. By the way, I'm laughing not at PD suspension. That may seem a little ominous or a little <laughs> evil. I'm laughing because, like, I, I'll write college football picks this year as well, which is like – it's like a landmine out there, right? You just got to try and – the only change uh, – the only constant is change at this point when it comes to football, and this is a, a significant one. I like the over. I mean, you lose a, a corner like that, I still think the Texans will score. I think Indy's going to play better. Um it's a little interesting to see, you know, the, the odds makers have been given Indy a lot of respect, we feel like, the last couple of weeks, and I don't get that sense here, right? I'm not saying, you know, the Texans are bad. I think the Texans are obviously better than the record would indicate. They've lost some close games, and O'Brien, what a mess. So I think you'll get points. I think you'll see a, a better performance by Indy. I, the, the one concern for this team moving forward, to me, Marcus, is that rushing attack. Like never, and of course it's going to be amplified last week when you're going in against that monster yeah. and you, you're rushing yeah. for 56 yards and 21 carries. That's a real problem for this team, and I think it could be a problem here. The only thing is Houston really can't run the ball very well, right? They have Duke Johnson, who's a nice player, one of my favorite players in the NFL coming out of Miami. He's more of a guy that does his work out of the backfield. They don't have that monster they can just hand the ball off to 25 times a game and get 175 yards. Houston just doesn't have that. I don't think it should be a, a big issue for Indianapolis this week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm knocked back on the uh, Phillip Rivers train yet. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little shook, got off, like knew when to, to, to call it a, a, a month, but uh, maybe next week. All right, next game. Browns at Titans. Titans minus six over under 54. Uh, eight and three for Cleveland, four and seven against the spread, eight and three for the Titans, five and six against the spread. And that's actually a perfect talking off point. This is just an odd game between eight win teams. Like this is just an odd, and I'm not saying neither team is, I mean, that's the record. But when I evaluate these two teams, even after the Titans win last week, doesn't it just have a strange aura about it? It does, and I think it's just because the Browns are weird, right? They're 8-3, and three, yeah. they're playing well, but they still have a negative point differential this year. I mean, that's just – it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, and I think it's – I don't trust Baker Mayfield. No. You shouldn't trust Baker Mayfield. You see some of the throws that he's making every week, and you just shake your head. Uh, listen, I, I don't like Cleveland a lot here. They've failed to cover the spread in 10 of their last 11 road games. Uh, if they get behind in this game at all – Will they be able to, to come back in the passing game? I don't know. We'll see about their defense. Can they slow down Derrick Henry? This is the, the, the time of the year where Derrick Henry starts to become unstoppable. Yeah. I think I like the, the Titans to cover this six-point spread here. I, those throws by Mayfield, uh, a couple of open receivers, were like, it's like me. I, I mean, it, it, that was really bad. I don't know if that's fixable. I, I don't know what you do with that. Cleveland's best win. You beat Indy, you beat the Bengals twice, you beat Washington, the Cowboys, the, you know, Texans, Eagles, Jets. I mean, this is um, 
this feels like a fraud team. I mean, it, I it, it, it just does. I, and I, I hate the word fraud. I feel like a fraud for saying fraud. But it is. I like the Titans. This is a parlay game. I, I just – this line is fascinating. An eight-win team getting six points. Um, I, I just think you're, you're right. The brand, the style of play, the brand of play that Titans are going to have here, I think it's going to be a real problem. So do we want to do a Titans minus six, or we do, do we want to do a money line parlay with the 49ers and Titans? Uh, so I like 49ers money line. Um, I'd willing to lay the six here. I don't right, know about do you. All right. All right. It. We lay the six. Um, we've got the money line. We've got two games and perhaps we'll have another Rams minus three at Cardinals over under 48 and a half Rams, seven and four, six and five against the spread, Arizona, six and five, five and six against the spread. Kyler Murray uh, is mortal. Kyler Murray um, Bill Belichick did his thing like he's done to Patrick Mahomes. He did it to Kyler Murray and Cam Newton threw for less than 100 yards and two interceptions last week and still beat them. That's fascinating. I don't know how much you could take of that into this week, but I found the whole result in that entire game is like a box score masterpiece. Yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are particularly very good. You know, we look at some of their wins this season. It took a Hale Murray to beat Buffalo, you know, in a game they should have lost. Good drop they there. Were, yeah, they were down by 10 points to Seattle with, what, two minutes left in that game, and they pulled that one's out of their, that game out of their rear. I, I just – they're a 500 team, and they're fine. They're a fun story. I think the Rams are good. Uh, Sean McVay has won the last five games facing the Cardinals. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has no answer on how to stop this defense. Uh, how, how to stop the Rams offense, excuse me. I, I think the, the Rams are going to win this one pretty easily on Sunday. I'm going to go over. Uh, for one of the reasons that you mentioned, I think both team, both offenses really struggled uh, in different reasons last week. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad loss for the Rams, right? That The, the no, Cardinals one no. is just, yeah. I mean, especially to see the, the Patriots offense the way it did. I think both offense get right. Um, I, I could see the Rams putting up 30 points here. I think the Cardinals are still going to find a way to score. If I had to pick a side here, I'm with you on the Rams. It feels like a pretty good team that just ran into a tough situation last week. So um, we've got two for our parlay. Do we want to – you know let's what? Money line. Let's do the Rams money line. I'm in. I'm that? in. I was just going to okay. say, I'm, I'm in on the Rams money line. So we've got our money line parlay is, is growing, and it's, it's under control at the I moment. Like it. It's not out of control. Um, all right, so we go into rapid fire, and it's fun to watch, by the way, our Moneyline Parlay come to life here as we, as we work our way through the pod. All right, so we're going to go rapid fire. Let's do so, it. There's some bad games, okay? There's some good games. There's some bad games, and I'll start with one close to home. Detroit at Chicago. Chicago minus three over under a very sad – couple of sad over-unders here to start, 44 and a half. What do you got? Uh, I don't know how you can trust the – bears but i'm going to give them give them a minus three i think their defense is really good still despite what we saw last week uh, i've got the bears. I've, who do you I've got this one good the same thing and my uh, commentary was them. good was going to be the exact same it's this is a gross this is the one that you a wager you put in and you just feel horrible about yourself and you feel horrible for watching the game and yet i'm going to do the same i i, I uh, don't watch that game. It's going to be absolutely terrible. Uh, how about the next one? Bengals at Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are 11-point favorites over Brandon Allen. Uh, who do you have in this one? I have, again, football grossness. Over under, real quick, position it back to you, over under 10 points that the Bengals are going to score. I don't think so. I, I, I'm going to go mm. under that. I like Miami. I, I think this game is going to go exactly how you think it is. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be that great. Miami's not going to score a ton of points. 
Miami's going to win here by, by probably two and a half touchdowns. Yeah, there's just not a lot of ways that Cincinnati can score the football unless it's on defense, and I don't see that happening this week. Okay, Jacksonville at Minnesota. Minnesota nine and a half. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a Jags win for Jets purposes. What do you have here? I think Minnesota should be able to run away with this one, like literally run away with this one. <laughs> Dalvin Cook should have a monster game here. Uh, Jacksonville's just miss, missing a ton of guys on defense. Uh, this should be like a 27 to 10 kind of victory for Minnesota. Yeah, that Minnesota game, by the way, last week was absolutely Crazy. bonkers. Um, yes, I'm with you. Jacksonville's been playing tough. They've been pretty competitive, at least in times, first half and everything else. I think at some point that's going to break. You can't be trotting out the quarterbacks that uh, that they are right now. And I think Minnesota, like you said, Dalvin Cook's going to have himself a day. All right, how about the next game? Uh, my Raiders that I cover, <laughs> seven and a half point favorites against your New York Jets. I don't know how you can back the Jets right now. I, I'm, I'm getting, I, I don't have much to say, and I'm very sad about this. Although, they, this is a must-lose game for the Jets, Marcus. Like, this is one of the winnable games on their schedule. They must lose. Raiders will recover. Um, I think they could, could be close, but again, the Jets are so bad, I can't do it. Jets have played some good football over the last, you know, month, though. I, I mean, oh, they're obviously still trying to tank. say that. I don't know. I, I don't trust the Raiders at all. So this is a complete stay away from me. Just stay uh, away from this game. Quinn and Williams, by the way, remember that? Remember how Fair bad enough. he was? And now yep. he's, now he's amazing. Oh, yep. man. That's the one bright spot. All right. New York giants at Seattle, Seattle minus 10. I mentioned there's some bad games. There's some double digit lines we've worked through. Here's another one. We got more coming up. Well, there's no way I can bet on Colt McCoy here, right? There's just no way. Uh, give me Russell Wilson in minus 10 here. I'm going to stay away just because Seattle finds a way to win or like by one possession, like every week. And it's just an odd team and it's an odd dynamic. And it just, I, I'm just going to avoid, I just, I look yeah. at this line and everything else. And I just say, no, thank you. Speaking of bad quarterbacks, how about Carson Wentz and the Eagles? They are nine point underdogs in green Bay against the Packers on Sunday. Who do you got? So this feels a lot like uh, last week where we talked about bears in green Bay and we we're both just like yeah, green Bay. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I have the same vibe and, and I'm looking for value. Wentz is broken. The team mm -hmm. is not very good. The play calling is bad. The coaching is awful. I like green Bay. Yeah. There's really no way I can see Philadelphia scoring 17, 20 points in this game. Green Bay should absolutely run away with this one. New England, this is a now this is a really interesting game, in my opinion. New England minus one at the Chargers over under 47. It's probably going to be New England. I think Belichick is just so good against rookie quarterbacks. He's going to throw a bunch of things at Justin Herbert that he hasn't seen before. They're playing well, but so are the Patriots. So I'm taking New England here. I, I like exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to go under. I think that the New England offense is not great. I think Herbert may struggle a little bit. Um it just feels like an under game of two teams that are probably going to collide and it's just going to be a meh football game. But still, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you get out of Justin Herbert. Next game, the Denver Broncos are 14-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you have in this one? Are you playing quarterback for them in this game? Are, uh, do, what would that line look like? It can't uh, be any worse than what we saw last no, week. No, <laughs> no. A couple, couple of points. Um I'll I'll take Kansas City. Again, I'm, 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 I don't like doing that. It feels dirty just lay in the 14 but this just feels like it's going to be rough it's a team that's kind of been disjointed and just dis disarray the last couple of weeks for obvious reasons quarterbacks aside I, I think this one could be um 
really lopsided. Yeah, it's that's a lot of points for a divisional game. Now, Denver is getting back their quarterbacks. I kind of like Denver to keep it within two touchdowns. I think there's some late backdoor cover potential here. Uh, give me Denver. All right, Washington at Pittsburgh, minus 10. This is out of the last couple of games we've talked about. This is like the third out of fourth game that's double digits, and the other one was nine points. So with that very sex appeals, football sexy intro, what do you have? Yeah, this is just a terrible matchup for Washington. Alex Smith can't throw the ball. He can't really move. Pittsburgh is going to blitz him all game long. I, I, I don't think this one's going to be very close. I know it's a short week for the Steelers. I like the Steelers to win by double digits pretty easily. What about you? I, yeah, same thing. And this is super chalky uh, week for me here. You just yep. go through these games individually and then you hear everything come out. I just think it's going to be a chalky week. I think it's lopsided. I think Pittsburgh, um, despite all the, the madness around it, has played really, really well. So, yeah, totally with you there. And our um, final game, oh boy. Dallas Cowboys against the Baltimore Ravens. We have no idea who's going to be playing in quarterback for the Ravens. Could be maybe RG3 against Andy Dalton. We'll see. But uh, it looks like the Ravens are somewhere between seven, seven and a half point favorites. Who do you got in this? I have, I have no idea. Again, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you can do this. Um, the game is taking place uh, as we are uh, recording this, right? So it makes it even more difficult with everything going on. Um, I have no idea how we would treat it. It's a stay away from me. What about you? I like Baltimore. I think they're going to be able to find ways to run the ball against Dallas. They can't stop the run at all. Antonio Gibson had a huge game on Thanksgiving. Look for J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram to come back and have a lot of success this week. There you have it. All right, so stay away. Not many stayaways this week, despite uh, everything else. Our parlay, our, our crazy parlay, as it's written the die. This is not crazy. It is calculated risk, right? It is uh, informed chaos. We have the 49ers money line, Titans cover. Uh, Rams money line, Bears cover. Oh God, that's uh, that's in there. Oh my goodness, Miami cover, Green Bay cover, and Pittsburgh to cover. Jeez. That's twenty five to win twenty three, twenty five. And when the Bears uh, disrupt this thing and and cost us, and the listeners will have to evaluate life and all these decisions moving forward. How do you feel that par- uh, about that parlay? I'm looking at all the quarterbacks we just bet on, and it includes. <laughs> Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill, and Nick Mullins. I just got a little bit scared. So, yeah, yeah, not great. Yes. <laughs> but you did talk about the quarterback play and how bad it was. And in true spirit of the pod, uh, there you have it. So, uh, really appreciate everybody joining. A reminder that you can check out and get involved in our weekly debates. We had a couple this week, which uh, you guys can have your opinions on. What should the Jets do? The Jets should draft Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Um, We've got videos coming up. Marcus, I'm doing stock up, stock down, stock to watch. Uh, What do you've got going on here for the game day? As always, I got my four teams guaranteed to lose each week. I've got betting trends coming out. I've got mailbag questions that I answer every week. A lot of content at the game day, so make sure you guys are tuned in. Yes, and if you guys like our uh, picks, be sure to check – do your shopping at thegameday.com. See what our affiliates have to offer when it comes to – you know, go into the window. Hopefully you can take this information. We've been doing all right of late and make some money for it. Uh, you can check us out. A reminder, share this podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We're really enjoying it. We're having fun. We're just getting started. Uh, so we appreciate it. We appreciate um, Jordan Schultz for joining us, our guest, uh, to, to handle our debates with us. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks.